0: The end zone has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman.
1: Welcome into another edition of Locked on Pokes. It is late on a Friday. Sorry to get this one out so late. Had some scheduling conflicts earlier in the day but luckily we could get Jack Klein on with us this evening and uh, we're excited to talk some Oklahoma State sports with you tonight. Find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes and remember every episode in the month of May brought to you by Built Bar. Head over to BuiltBar.com. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They sent me a box with about 10 flavors in it. I can vouch for them personally, they are phenomenal. Builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On, and you will get ten dollars off your first order. Jack Klein joins us now here on Locked On Pokes. Uh, Jack, late on a Friday evening, we're able to get together. Uh, how was the week?
0: That's pretty good. It's, you know, all the weeks start to blend together, especially you know, considering there's no sports, and my wife's getting to the point where you know, time here in the next couple weeks we can have the baby so just a a very a very busy but very it's like a very weird time it's like you're busy but then there's also just not a whole lot going on outside of you know my wife being pregnant (laughs) uh
1: yeah aside from that there's just not a lot going on so uh that is both terrifying and amazing uh that that's right around the corner so looking forward to that uh so the first thing i wanted to dive into today so fox college hoops last night tweets this out and uh, or yesterday afternoon whenever they tweeted it that Cade Cunningham is now the highest rated point guard prospect ever. 247 Sports moved him up in their final rankings 0. 0.0001 points, which means he's now rated as a 9999 five-star recruit, which is the highest all-time amongst point guard. So let's look at the top 10. Let's just start at number 10, Jack, and we'll make our way through this list. At number 10, Josh Selby. <laughs> so so, yeah, we're, so we're hoping Cade's better than Josh Selby, right?
0: Uh, I mean, I would, I would hope so. But I mean, you remember this. I mean, he was really touted coming out. everyone was? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to be an awesome NBA player. And he did just did not live up to that at all.
1: No, not even a little bit. A guy who was really good in the NBA, Drew Holiday, is at number nine on this list. He was nine 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 one as he went to UCLA in two thousand eight. Uh, he's been pretty good. Had to play for that trash Pelicans organization for a while, but not good player.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just like throwing shade to the Pelicans since they're my uh, second favorite team of the Thunder. He's a he's a really good pro too. I mean, I think what he did is he's really those guys come about positional. Uh, Versatility where he can, you know, guard one through three, and then they play him against the Lakers, and he tries to guard LeBron in the post. But that's a whole different different thing but he's talking about like a really good combo guard that does it on on both ends and so he that's a pretty good that's a pretty good list right that's a good jump from josh selby to drew holiday
1: yeah big time jump from that guy to that guy and then we'll go from nine to eight and this is a guy i thought would be higher on the list is Kyrie irving was ninety nine ninety two in 2010 whenever he went to duke as a five star i would have thought Kyrie would have been a little bit higher
0: yeah i would have thought that he would have been in the top five, top three pretty easily because he didn't even play that many college games and was still the number one. No, he had an ankle in, in college, didn't he? Ankle injury? Well, I mean, he's had about every injury you can think of. You know, it's like he's had the wrist. I don't know if that one was the ankle, if that one was the hand or the wrist. I think it might have been the ankle. Yeah, it's but, I mean, Even else, in the pros, he's had everything. He's, yeah, he's had every single injury in the pros.
1: Everyone else is running on a slightly curved court, which allows you to run more smoothly, and he's running on a perfectly flat court, which is tough for him.
0: Yeah, he need to make sure you put some cushion in the shoes to make sure that that flat earth is just not, not hurting his feet too much.
1: Exactly. At number six, O.J. Mayo and John Wall. Both 99- 94. Uh, two pretty good pretty good prospects there. John Wall obviously now making uh, about a quarter of a billion dollars from the Wizards to not play basketball, so good for him. Uh, O.J. Mayo, depends whether you're a Mayo guy or a Miracle Whip guy, but those, those two come in at number six.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, they were both really good college players, and Obviously, John Wall was a number one overall pick, and O.J. Mayo was was pretty high up there. And I I think those are both pretty good. I think it's interesting, though, when you're talking about just I guess guards coming out that O.J. Mayo was that high, but I mean, he was a pretty touted recruit. But I think John Wall. I mean, he was. It, it's still crazy to me when I look back at that Kentucky team, them not being able to win with John Wall and, and Boogie Cousins. That's really crazy.
1: Yeah, they should have won the pretty correct, easily. They yeah, they were, they were loaded. That was one of the best teams ever to not win a championship. Uh, so tied for fourth is Austin Rivers and Emmanuel Moutier, both at 95, which Austin Rivers being a higher-rated prospect than Kyrie Irving and John Wall, um, maybe because his last name is Rivers?
0: Yeah, I don't understand that one at all because, I mean, John Wall and Kyrie, and and again, it's it's weird when you think about things in retrospect, though, too, where you think about, you know, what happened in their NBA careers and that. Like, even just outside of that, I mean, the Austin Rivers thing I didn't get a ton because even then, you're talking about, he's not like that pure of a score. You know, he always kind of had that hitch in his shot anyway. And you think about the guys like Kyrie Irving and John Wall ahead of him, they had defined NBA elites I don't really feel like Austin Rivers had that. Yeah, I, would, I course, would agree. And, of course, he had the one awesome shot against North Carolina that was, oh yeah, that was great. honestly incredible. But it's like, I mean, he's been – I think he was more of a disappointment. especially. I, I mean, I don't think that's that big of a – that hot of a take, I guess. If you, you're the number four recruit and you just end up being an NBA rotation guy.
1: Yeah, Uh, Brandon Jennings and Sean Livingston tied for second. 96 is their overall rating. So, So we've gone through this whole list now. And basically, this is to illustrate, Cade Cunningham at 99 is ranked 0. .003 percentage points higher than any other guy on this list. We're talking about guys who have all uh, made their way in the pros, some of them better than others. But Cade Cunningham is rated higher than all these guys by a decent margin, um, and, and he's coming to Oklahoma State. Jake, it, it almost still doesn't even feel real that, I mean, seriously, one of the greatest high school basketball prospects ever is coming to Oklahoma State to play basketball in 2020.
0: Yeah, it almost feels like the the poke-choke coming back, where it's like finally the one year that it's like one of the best athletic years for Oklahoma State, you know, with their football team going to be really good and really competitive and their basketball team having, you know, the number one pick in the draft on it, and the whole thing just might be canceled. Um, oh. But, you know, when it comes to, to Kate, I mean, he's a really, really special player. It doesn't feel real that he's coming here. I mean, I think that that's where, you know, we were talking early on where it's like, you know, we kind of want to pump the brakes on, you know, being really excited he's coming here, trying to make people understand like this is a big deal. But it's like he's a really elite prospect. And anytime that you're in, you know, the number one position coming out as a recruit, I mean, it's it's, it's unbelievable. I think that we talked about him a little bit beforehand, but His is just, you know, the positional versatility is really what is important nowadays, and he's got a bigger body. He's got a bigger frame, but he's got those guard skills and just makes him a super interesting prospect, and I just don't know how guys are going to guard him, especially at the collegiate level. I have no idea how, you know, unless people are just going to try to just say we're going to double him all day, which they probably will. um, I just don't know how you're going to be able to stop him from scoring and putting up unbelievable numbers and, and highlights.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I I expect him to be, and and, you know, you you say this and you're talking about a freshman, but I expect him to be right there for the Naismith Player of the Year award next year. And, And obviously a lot of that depends on what Oklahoma State's team success is, but with how talented he is, there's no reason that he wouldn't have a chance at the end of the season, assuming they play a full season, assuming it's a full schedule and he's able to play and show people what he can do. There's no reason why he wouldn't be in the conversation for that award at the end of the season.
0: No, I think he absolutely will. I think early on, you know, they're talking about the one and done's where it was like, well, are they going to be able to do the, you know, the player of the year? Because a lot of people wanted to reward more of those college guys that stayed around for multiple years. And then they realized, no, 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 no. Like, it just goes to the best player. And a lot of these. Yeah, just give it to the best player. Stop overthinking it. Right. And a lot of these best players are, you know, the ones that are the one and done coming out. And, I mean, I I think he's got a really good chance. And, And I'm not trying to drink too much of the the uh the Homer juice or the, you know anything like that but i I think I don't see any way that they're bad next year there's no way with the level of talent that Too they have with kid that that they can be bad there's no way I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, too much talent. Way too much talent for them to not be any good next year. That's Jack Klein. I'm Colby Powell. We need to take a break. First, I want to remind you about Built Bar. Head over to builtbar.com. You've got to try some of these flavors. So I had the chocolate mint brownie the other day. Now now I've tried the banana nut bread. You've got to try one of these bars. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, It's got fewer calories than comparable protein bars. It's got less than half the calories. What Cliff Bar has uh, and does not contain nuts. So if you've got a nut allergy, don't worry about that. You've got to give Built Bar a try. I promise you will not be disappointed. And you can get $10 off your first order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON. Also, try Built Boost Natural Energy, no caffeine. And remember, use the promo code On for $10 off your first order. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, talk a little more college basketball. Uh, this time, not so much positive positivity, we're talking a little negativity heading the Kansas Jayhawks way. That's coming up next. Stay with us here on Locked On Pokes. Welcome back to Locked on Pokes. Colby Powell and Jack Klein with you on a Friday. Like I said, we'll come back, talk some more college basketball. Let's talk a little Kansas basketball. Jack, Kansas has been dominating the Big 12 for a long time. You think, man, how can they be so good for so long? And then it's like, you know, maybe they're not playing by the same rules everyone else is playing by. So the NCAA levied five level one violations against Kansas, uh, and Kansas on Thursday denied on all fronts. They put in, uh, it's got like the sheet here. The, the, the positions of the parties Kansas put does not agree on every violation which means that this could be headed toward a long drawn out ugly legal battle between Kansas and the NCAA now as far as what that means for when this gets resolved I, I don't know exactly when this will be <clears> resolved but I mean Jack for 15 years we've seen Kansas just dominating everyone in the Big 12 uh, and they've had a pretty good run nationally as well and, and then come to find out I mean, they've got, uh, this guy, what was his name? Uh, it's in this story somewhere, if I can find it, uh, Gasnola, whatever his first name is, Gasnola was his last name. He was a booster. He wasn't a booster, whatever he was, he was funneling money, the right places to make sure recruits wound up in Lawrence. And, and this whole thing is just a fiasco. Um, and and I think that Kansas, quite frankly, from what I'm reading is trying to get off on a technicality. Uh, and I think that they should probably be hammered by the NCAA.
0: Yeah, I think that they will. I mean, that's one of the things too, where I think that, especially with the violations with paying players and just having things set up with whether that's agents or like having endorsement deals. I saw another thing in that story where they're talking about um, you know it being like Adidas, where it's like you know they're using basically as Kansas players or basically getting kids to go to Kansas where so they can get Adidas deals and all that. You see the guys that have come out like Andrew Wiggins and that that has been with adidas and all of that to start off so uh, i think it's i think it's interesting i think the one thing that um, i'm not certain on is i'm actually not certain that kansas is the only team that's doing it um i'm actually pretty certain that they're not um but it's almost like you know in baseball we have the Astros thing it's like well you know i don't know if they're the only team that's cheating but it's like they have all this proof and they have all this support and i think that the ncaa is going to come down hard and and they're going to try to get those things out of college athletics and then the problem with that is is i mean it's going to get all that's going to be removed once the one and done rule goes because i don't see how if the guys going to be good enough to get you know money under the table to be a high level recruit why why they just wouldn't get college and go to the pros if that was an option.
1: Well, and also once it becomes uh, where players can get money for their name, image, and likeness, they will have less need if they're that high profile of a guy to take illegal money under the table stuff. You know, the guys mentioned in here are like Silvio Sousa. So, I mean, for example, a guy like Cade Cunningham, Cade's one of the highest-rated recruits ever. I mean, if he comes out, he's day one going to have a deal with Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or one of these guys. He's not going to need impermissible benefits under the table. So I think that that's another benefit to the name, image, and likeness is it will... uh, I, I think one of the unintended consequences, which will be a positive consequence, is it will prevent guys from taking impermissible benefits. It will prevent schools from needing to offer impermissible benefits. That, like you said, in combination with the one-and-done rule going away, I think will eliminate a lot of the corruption in college basketball.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, so do you
1: think that they're the only team that's doing it? No, 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 not even close.
0: I mean, I'm not trying to throw other teams out there, but I mean, like, Kentucky, I mean... I was mean, like, these other teams that always get these elite recruits. I mean, it's not just because of the coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, but it's not all of it. I mean, look, we, we don't know who's doing what, but, I mean, there are blue bloods in college basketball who consistently get the best players. I mean, we looked at that list uh, that Cade is now on top of, uh, of the best point guard recruits of all time. Eight guys on this list actually went to college. Two of them didn't, Brandon Jennings and Emmanuel Moutier, uh, which – boy, go get yourself an education. Um, Kyrie Irving, Sean Livingston, Austin Rivers all went to Duke. So Duke got three of the eight who wound up going to college. Um, Kentucky only with one of the eight that wound up going to college and then O.J. Mayo went to USC, Drew Holiday went to UCLA, Josh Selby did go to Kansas. So hopefully the corruption in college basketball starts to simmer down a bit uh, as we move forward. Why don't we take a break and come back because I want to talk about, we're talking about money in college athletics. Boy, I love 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 amateur athletics and that is why after the break... I want to get Jack's thoughts about what Clemson spends on a recruiting weekend and how that stacks up to Oklahoma State's annual recruiting budget. That's coming up next. Stay with us here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on Locked on Pokes on a Friday evening. Appreciate everyone joining us. Hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Remember to head over to BuiltBar.com. You will not be disappointed. Promo code LOCKEDON. You receive $10 off your first order. Go try them. It's protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Me talking about them here does not do them justice. Go check it out. BuiltBar.com. Jack, Oklahoma State is known for its recruiting budget. Oklahoma State's recruiting budget is somewhat famous around these parts uh, because of how notoriously low it is. Oklahoma State does not spend a lot of money on football recruiting. But you know who spends more money than anybody else on football recruiting? Any any guesses? I'm going to guess Clemson. Clemson breaks the bank on recruiting. Clemson spends uh, between 2 and $3 million, roughly, on recruiting per year, which is anywhere from, you know, four to six times what Oklahoma State spends on recruiting. And, and a story in The Athletic came out yesterday, and I, I came through and I read this, and Clemson spent... So, by the way, you're not allowed to find this stuff, but this is really good investigative journalism uh, because The Athletic through uh, open records requests, as well as piecing together some social media posts, things of that nature. Uh, we're able to find all this stuff. So Clemson, in one weekend, from November 15th to November 17th, uh, whenever Clemson was playing Wake Forest, so they know that they're going to beat just the hell out of Wake Forest, so they have 11 recruits come in that day. 11 guys come in that day. Clemson spent $85,000 that weekend. 85,000. Of those 11 visitors, Jack, how many do you think end up signing with the program? I'm going to get 11. Ten. Ten. It was a huge <laughs> shock to everybody when the number six player in the country, a linebacker named Justin Flo, went to Oregon instead. Ten signed with the program, and nine of those enrolled early in the spring. And they were all highly, highly rated prospects. We're talking about, uh, let, let's let see, six of these guys were in the top 70 recruits in the country. Uh, all but one of them were in the top 260. Uh, and then there was one by name... Tyler Venables, uh, who was number 1125 in the country. And and we know why he was there. His dad's Brent Venables. Um, so anyway, Clemson spends $80,000 this weekend, nearly nine grand on flights, uh, $31,888 on hotels, a steakhouse dinner for $20,220. Uh, that's the total for meals and snacks throughout the weekend, $20,220. Jack in one weekend, Two nights, three days, two nights, Clemson spent 14% of Oklahoma State's annual recruiting budget in two nights. Uh, how do you compete with that? How do you compete with that? How, how is this amateur athletics? How is it an even playing field? How are 95% of schools around the
0: country supposed to compete with that? The answer is you can't. I mean, the, the teams can't compete with that. I mean... Look, it seems like Clemson, I mean, how much money does a guy like Trevor Lawrence bring to them? I mean, not just with, obviously, how good he is, but it's like he is the best player in college football, and it seems like he's going to be the overwhelming number one overall pick next year when he comes out. And it's that they're able to get recruits that are that highly touted because they can put in the the time and the money to get those elite-level players where other programs don't have that opportunity. I mean... And that's honestly insane to think about spending $85,000 in one week and recruiting 11 teenagers. Like, that's honestly insane to think about.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, they go down there and they can bring a couple family members with them. You got to pay for the flights. You got to pay for the hotels. But, you know, they're not staying at the Marriott. They're staying at five-star luxury hotels. Uh, From the airport that they fly into, it's about a 40-mile drive to Clemson. Black car service, luxury black car service. Uh, I mean, everything is catered. They, they get snacks. They get... in here, it was like breaking down the cost of the cookies. They went out and bought like, I, I don't know, like 500 cookies, like the most expensive, like these big, giant, like gourmet chocolate chip cookies that they bought for all these guys. It, it's just recruiting is such... It, it's the biggest part of who's successful on the field in college football, and there's such a gap from the haves and the have-nots. And, and this is why I tell people, and, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, Jack, and this is like big picture stuff, but I, I always tell people, look, Oklahoma State can do more in, rec- in recruiting. Oklahoma State can do more to be a top 15 program year in, year out. But as far as breaking into that top five, I kind of feel like if you're not in that club, it's nearly impossible to get in that club unless a booster just decides that he's going to give you a billion dollars and, you, you know, Oklahoma State had that huge influx of money back in the mid-2000s, upgraded the stadium did everything that needed done but, but then you spend all that money on the stadium now you need even more money to continue staying with the the haves in college football as opposed to being one of the have-nots so I, I don't know i think that there's just a cap on what oklahoma state can accomplish as far as an annual basis goes based on the amount of money that they're able to spend
0: yeah and i think that that's one of the things that i think that sometimes gets overshadowed with gundy is He's put together one heck of a program. I mean, it feels like even on their down years, they're still winning eight games. Anything about how, whenever we were growing up, I mean, they were just not very good. I Let's mean, see, I don't know so if many, I've ever asked
1: you this. Were you an Oklahoma State fan when you were a kid, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years old?
0: So I grew up lacking both. A lot of my family was very split, but I watched all the games, even all the quarterbacks that they had, too, like also Poe Guy. Also and, Poe Guy, you know, man. Fields. I mean, and they just you know, it, it, it's one of those where I, I mean, I remember those times growing up and obviously with the the infamous poke choke, but it's just like, you know, it, it, it's one of those where getting to the spot where you take for granted eight, nine wins is a pretty, pretty fantastic spot to be in. And I think that it's just hard to get up to the elite level group without those elite level players. I mean, it really is. I mean, you have, a couple guys every every couple years that are really good players that are coming out that are good prospects, but it's just you know, it, I mean, it's like in any as it's any like any sport. If you don't have the best players, it's hard for you to win. But I mean, if you go back to where you know OSU was to where they are now, it's it's been a, a pretty impressive jump. But now I mean, they can't compete with things like Clemson. And let's just say how it is. I mean, unless the person's like from Oklahoma or grew up as a, like Oklahoma state fan. If they're a five-star recruit they're. I mean, how do you deny going to a place like Alabama or Clemson where they roll out all the red carpet for that recruiting trip? And all they have to say is, Hey, did you see the first round last year? You see how many guys that we get in the first round where we can get you, get you paid and have your family set for life. I don't know how you beat that. And that's for every sport. That's not just football. I mean, you think that LeBron would want to be in Cleveland if he wasn't from there? Like, seriously, though, I mean, those things are real. Those family ties, um, I mean, where he grew up, that's real. But if that's not there, I don't know how you overcome those those giants like Clemson, Alabama when it comes from a recruiting standpoint.
1: Yeah, I think there are tiers in college football. Whenever I was a kid, I remember getting bowl eligible was a big deal. We would get excited. It's like, we're going to a bowl game. It was it was an exciting thing to, be, to become bowl eligible when I was a kid. And Boone's money, what Boone's money did is it took Oklahoma State into the next tier of college football, which is that tier that, uh, you know, a down year is whenever you have to barely get bowl eligible. It doesn't happen very often. Like 2014 on the Tyreek Punt return gets you to six and six, but that doesn't happen very often. Most years, you're eight and four, uh, and then whenever you have a great season, you can win 11 or 12 like they did in 2011, but most good seasons are about 10. If you get to 10, that's a good season. So Boone's money got them to that tier, but to get to the next tier, the tier that people want to get to, that's a whole another level of money that right now just doesn't exist, and and quite frankly, uh, in a state where a lot of boosters to programs are, are very heavily dependent on the oil and gas industry, that money's not coming around anytime soon, and and that's something that I don't think people take into account whenever we're talking about college and professional athletics in this state. Uh, I mean, Jack, gas was, or oil was at negative 37 a barrel a a week or two ago. That's not good for collegiate and professional athletics in this state because a lot of the people who give to all those places, um, the the money dries up when the oil dries up. So uh, I don't know what that means going forward, but it's certainly something to think about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that those are the little, you know, the the little side stories that you don't really think about. And, um, you know, I think that all those things when it comes to boosters really do matter. You think about how much and how big of a deal that was for for Boone Pickens to, I mean, to get a program that really had a hard time being bull eligible to being, you know, clearly, I think they're in one of the top 15 to 20 programs in the country is a really big deal. Like, I really believe that. It's a huge deal, and um, I guess it's part of it. It's like, you know, there's no shame in being in the, the, you know, one of the better tiers in the country, and it's like, you know, even look at your own conference, I mean, every single year they have a legitimate shot, and, you know, most of the time they should be, you know, in the top favorites to be at least second in the Big 12. You know, it's like, I I think that's that's the hard part as an OSU fan is that, um, you know, it's like, the years that you have the Brandon Whedon, like I remember that year as our freshman year, we're going to have to have a podcast about just that whole year. Uh, but uh, you think about that year, okay, yes, you have to be OU those years. And then I look back a couple of years ago when they had Rudolph in Washington and was at home, it's like, man, you just have to capitalize on some of those years. You're not going to beat those elite teams all the time because they just have better recruits. I mean, you see OU have two players in the top 23 and they, you know, they just have, they always consistently have, um, you know, skilled players that go into the NFL. It's like just capitalizing being those teams whenever you can, whenever your talent is similar. Cause I, mean, I remember that year with Mason Rudolph against Baker and it was just, you know, obviously they scored so many points. They didn't play any defense that game. It's like, those are the games that, you know, your boosters and, and your fans want to see you win. And I think if they can win some more of those games, I think that helps. I think boosters will be like, okay, cool. We're beating OU on a little bit more of a regular base, not like con- a consistent basis, because I'm not saying that you're ever going to beat a blue blood school, you know, seven out of 10 years. But it's like, if you can beat them the years that you're, like that you should beat them. And okay, the years like this year, where it's like Spencer's out of the game and Wallace, and Wallace, so you're not going to win those games. Like you're not going to win them. But if you can win the games that you that you have the ability to and you can be competitive in, how big does that get for recruiting? Does that make boosters want to give more money to the program then? Oh,
1: no doubt it does. No doubt it does. The better the program is, the more people want to give, the more it grows. It's but But again, even getting good and getting more money from boosters, it, it's great and it can help you kind of maintain where you're at. But it's it's a huge influx of money that it takes to get to the level that Clemson is at. Because you look at some of the other programs that are at the top, it's Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma. Schools that are blue bloods have been around forever and have just built on what they've built over the last 80 years. Clemson wasn't necessarily that. Clemson decided, you know what? Let's start spending $3 million a year on recruiting. Let's, spend a, let's build a $55 million locker room that has a slide in it. Let, let's do all this nonsense, and let's buy our way into college football's elite. And yes, it worked for Clemson, but it, it's not that simple. It, it's just not something that everybody can replicate, uh, and it's certainly not something that I think Oklahoma State can replicate, at least not any time in the near future.
0: No, I don't think so. But I mean, I think it's all relative. You know, your goals should always be relative. You know, don't go out there thinking that every single year you have a chance to, you know, win a national title. I think that for me, I think consistency is really important. And I really like having the fact that you know, our like Oklahoma State doesn't go out there, and you really don't know every year. Oh my goodness, they could win three to six games. It's like we I've, I haven't felt like that in years. You know, it's like so they're right. a very competitive team. And they, they take care of business. Like, you think about Gandhi's history. He dominates Texas. He dominates Texas schools. He's fantastic against them. And it's just, you know, I, I think that it's just – I don't want to take for granted where they're at in the overall, you know, scheme of things with how competitive they are. And they've got good recruits. I mean, Chuba's really good. You know, Tylen Walsh is really good. Spencer, if he can take another step, could be an awesome dual threat um, player. I just—it's it, very interesting to kind of see where you know they're going to be at this year. But absolutely, I mean, there's there's absolutely a difference between those other schools, and a lot of it is that budget. I mean, if you can go out there and you can spend eighty-five thousand in a weekend just to recruit players, I mean, more power to you. I don't know how other schools are supposed to are, are supposed to match that at all. There's no way that they can.
1: Yeah, like you said, realistic goals are important. It's like whenever you play golf, you're not going out trying to shoot even. You just want to break ninety. You got to be realistic.
0: Oh, dude, get out of here, man. People aren't going to believe this, but we are very competitive. Uh, yes. It's pretty close every time. The only, the only difference is, is that you play five times a week, and I've played like five times a year, and filled uh, up the same score. You do so. play
1: about five times a year, but I don't play no five times a week. I play three times this week, so let's not <laughs> mislead the listener. I don't want people to think I'm golfing okay. every day.
0: Well, I mean that's three more times
1: than I put off this week. Uh yes, exactly. Uh by the way, it is a little late on a Friday evening and my dogs, especially the puppy, desperately need walked. So much puppy energy in my house right now. So we're gonna call it a day. Uh, Jack, I appreciate you joining me. We'll do it again next week. All right, thanks, buddy. Absolutely. That was Jack Klein joining us here on Locked On Pokes. Reminder last thing to do this weekend go to beltbar.com, promo code LOCKED ON, $10 off your first order. I'm back Monday. Thanks for listening to Locked On Pokes.